morning, everyone. Everyone in lobby time, come on in. We're going to begin to worship, okay? Let's, here we go. Come say you won't let me in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze and fall like wildfire in our very soul. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. Cause we are your church and we need your power in us.
was fun, wasn't it? Well, you know, this month we have been having a worship experience here together. And the first week we talked, but we experienced God and his greatness and his majesty and his goodness. And I talked to you about worship is not a spectator sport. It's something that we come in and we engage. And whether it's the lyrics that you make those words yours, or whether it's the sense of the, the presence of God, however you worship, to surrender yourself to that process, because I can promise you that God wants to speak to each one of us. The second week, we focused on Jesus. And we focused on a, a heart of gratitude because Jesus, thank you so much for what you did for us. God loved us so much that Jesus came to earth. He lived, he died, and he rose again just for us. Now this week, we're gonna talk about the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. It's three in one, we'll never get that, but it's so important for us to at least in our human minds grasp and allow God to teach us something new. Because you see, the Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to us. The Holy Spirit is the one that invades this place. It's why we come together. The three in one, God, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's who we worship.
overcome by you because, God, if we try to fit you into our understanding or our minds, we make you so small. And so, Lord, we know that it's in you that we find freedom where our shame becomes undone. So I pray, Lord, that we'll be people this morning that will surrender and bow before you and expect something new and fresh out of you today, Lord. It's a different time and a different place for each one of us. We've never been gathered exactly like this ever before. And so, Father, we welcome you. We welcome you, and I pray, Lord, that each one of us will become more aware of your presence here today. We give you all the glory for everything that happens here today, Father. We keep our eyes focused, our hearts, our minds focused on you. I pray that we'll push distractions out of the way, Lord, that we won't let anything get in the way of what you want to speak to each one of us here today. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. May you smile because of what you see here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow, isn't that a beautiful time of worship? We have welcomed the Holy Spirit here. He is here. And uh, his specialty is to speak to us and to change us from the inside out. Well, welcome, everybody. This is a good time for you to check into Facebook. I'm encouraging people to do selfies with your check-in, and they're really cute. If you see those on Facebook, it's awesome to see people kind of gather together and take, yeah, go ahead, you guys. Don't be afraid to do it. <clears throat> It's always fun to see that. So uh, when you check in, it tells your friends, hey, Salem Fields Community Church is a great place to be. We're going to take our tithes and offering at the very beginning of the next song. But after the baskets go by, I would encourage you to stand once again and engage in worship. We can't do that for you. We provide the opportunity. But it's really you surrendering your heart to what the Lord wants to say to you today. But our tithes and offering are very important. Buddy and I want to encourage you to become a, a giver that gives God first of everything in your life because we have found that God has been just so amazing in our lives as we've done that. He, is, he keeps his word and he blesses. So if you've never discovered the joy of giving, talk to somebody that does tithe or does give and uh, you'll see the joy in their, in their lives. God wants us to be cheerful givers, not out of compulsion or duty or guilt or anything to give because we love him so much and we trust him. Trunk and Treat is this week. And yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and uh, I hope that you guys are going to be engaged in that. I get to be a parking lot attendant, one of my favorite jobs. And so I'm going to be telling you where to park and you've got to go in that spot. And it's always kind of a fun thing to tell people what they have to do. And uh, so it's going to be great. Dress up or you don't have to, but tell your neighbors. Um, we put cards in Salem Fields community over there. Uh, that whole uh, community has been canvassed. But uh, we're just expecting God to do something really, really fun. Thank you for all the work that you guys have put into it. We're expecting big things out of Trunk and Treat. Beautiful Broken Life Tour is this week. Now, I encourage you to come to this because this is really part of our worship uh, experience for the month of October. Um, it's going to be a wonderful night of worship. You can still get your tickets. There's a table out there that you can, can get your tickets. Um, there was something else I was supposed to, oh yeah, to, to just come on Thursday night uh, because this is really an important part of how we're going to worship together. And then next weekend is going to be a really special weekend. If you know anybody that, that wants to be baptized or their child 
uh, dedicated. Mark that on your connection card because next weekend on the Saturday and the 9 and the 11 uh, services, we're going to have what we normally do on Sunday evening, our celebration service. Now, there will be a lot more. We'll worship, but we're going to have baptisms, baby dedications. We'll also share in the Lord's Supper communion. And uh, it's going to be a really, really special weekend. So make sure that you mark that on your calendar calendar and you're here next week. Watch this. At Salem Fields Community Church, we exist to know Jesus and share real hope with anyone everywhere. The Salem Fields Thanksgiving offering is a tool that helps us complete this mission. As you pray and give generously, you join with others to do more than you could do alone. Each dollar has a purpose in supporting the mission of Salem Fields Community Church. It helps people in need right here in our community ensure they have heat in the winter and put food on their tables. It creates scholarships to educate students of all ages across the globe, including caring for the kids and their families at Livingston Elementary School in Spotsylvania. It supports missionaries around the world, including Salem Fields, Nigeria, our ministry center in Port Harcourt. It also provides retirement benefits for pastors that have dedicated their lives to caring for others. When you sacrificially give above your normal tithe in the Salem Fields Thanksgiving offering, you love people that are hurting by helping your neighbors. You provide education for kids in need. You make Christ-like disciples around the world. And you care for those who have served. As a Christian, someone wants sacrifice so that you might hear the truth. During this season of gratitude, prayerfully consider how you can pay that gift forward today. It will radically change the lives for others in our community and around the world with the love and power of Jesus Christ. The Salem Fields Thanksgiving Offering. Sharing real hope with anyone, everywhere. And we're encouraging you right now to just be praying and ask the Lord what he would have you give. Every penny of this is going to go to help uh, other people. And so we would encourage you to begin praying. That's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. Let's continue to worship.
Good to see everyone this morning. You know, Gay and I, we started uh, traveling to Nigeria in 2004 to train leaders. And we would normally, when we leave Washington, D.C., we'd normally fly through the night and fly uh, to Amsterdam. And we'd arrive there very early in the morning. Um, and we were, we were tired after the long flight, not sleeping very well on the plane. And, but we usually had a six to eight hour layover once we uh, arrived there. And we would try to get some sleep. When we got there, and, and the only place to sleep were in these uncomfortable sleeping chairs. Now, you might think, well, they look pretty comfortable. Well, you uh, sit in there for about an hour, uh, you'll find out how very uncomfortable they are and how noisy it was because they're hardwood floors, and people would bring their luggage through about the time you'd fall asleep and you'd wake up. But what made it worse than those chairs was knowing that uh, KLM, KLM and uh, Delta, who we flew, uh, they, uh, at times, they had these very sweet executive lounges for international travelers. 
Now, we had seen pictures of them, and, uh, and we peeked inside the doors when they would come open and see other people going in, but we'd never experienced those sweet executive lounges. And we thought they were only for business travelers, and, uh, and we ourselves could not afford, we didn't have a budget for business travel. Uh, you see, we really didn't know all the benefits that were offered uh, because we'd never experienced this, and those benefits we found out later were available to everyone. And once I did some research and discovered that we could buy a pass, a day pass, uh, for a very small price to go into those executive lounges, we soon thereafter, we purchased our ticket. <laughs> we purchased our day pass, and the first time we walked through those doors, those glass doors, uh, we couldn't believe our eyes. I mean, we discovered once inside that there was unlimited food. Now, that goes well with me. Unlimited food. There was uh, unlimited uh, internet access that we had to pay for sitting in the lounge or out in the, the uncomfortable chairs. There were showers. And I'll tell you, when you come back from Nigeria and you had a bed to sleep in while you were in the airport and you could clean up and do all that, uh, they had sleeping rooms and the beds were actually comfortable. Uh, they had comfortable chairs, they had newspapers from all over the world, they had electric outlets abundantly, and, and that was our, it was there all the time, right there in the airport, just waiting for us to take advantage of those benefits. You see, we didn't know what had, we had been missing uh, and all this time. It changed our whole international travel once we discovered that. You know, in the same way, there is nothing like living a life led by the Holy Spirit. There's nothing uh, like uh, discovering uh, the benefits of living our lives in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It adds a whole new dynamic to our Christian journey. It adds a whole new experience to our Christian life. But the problem is, as uh, believers, uh, we've never taken time or maybe we've never understood uh, the Holy Spirit in His fullness. We, many believers have never experienced what it is to live in the Holy Spirit and live in His fullness. We know about Him. You know, we've heard about Him and we've taken a peek at Him, but we go through life without knowing what's available to us through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit's uh, presence in our lives. Once we experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it will drastically change your Christian life, our Christian life forever. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, uh, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches us, descends like a dove, he baptizes with fire, he comforts, he guides, uh, he corrects, His, uh, he is the Spirit of life. That sense of truth, that small, still voice that speaks to us and comforts us and brings hope. To us in our lives. Repeatedly, the Bible mentions the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Spirit of God is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. Matter of fact, uh, the Spirit of God is mentioned for the very first time in the New Testament in the very first chapter of the first book of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You see, the, the Holy Spirit has been around since the beginning of time. And many believers 
connect the Holy Spirit only to um, the New Testament. But the Holy Spirit has been around since the beginning of time. The third, the third um, person of the Trinity, though, is difficult to understand. It's, uh, it, it, he's difficult to explain. Is it karma? Is it your conscience? Conscience? Is it those uh, those good uh, those goosebumps or that good feeling you get when you're worshiping God, or or you feel extra specially close to God, or you know, is it when the hair stands up on the back of your neck? Uh, is the Holy Spirit? Uh, is it is he loud? Is he quiet? You know, we, uh, we we try to figure out this third person of the Trinity. The truth is, the Holy Spirit is something much more than anything that I just said. The, the, the word uh, spirit in the Old Testament literally means a wind, a breath. It, it means a violent exhale, a blast of breath. Now, the, in the New Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, comes with power. In the New Testament, the Greek word that is translated uh, spirit is the word pneuma. It, it means a wind. It means a current of air, a blast of breath. In the Old Testament, uh, the, the Holy Spirit would descend on a person and then uh, it would depart. And you can read that in the Old Testament. You can read very clearly where there were times that the Holy Spirit would descend on Saul and then he would depart. And, and if you read the story of David, and David we know sinned against God and, and uh, had sex with Bathsheba. And in the, in the Psalms 51, he cries out to God, please don't take your spirit from me. You know, in the New Testament, once Jesus left, he left us his Holy Spirit. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, the Holy Spirit will never leave you unless you choose to walk away from God. You see, in the New Testament, you can see the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove. Jesus was baptized just like you and I, and he set the example for us. And as Gay said, if you've never been baptized, if it was good enough for Jesus, then certainly we need to be baptized. If you've never been baptized, uh, next week would be the time to do it. But the Bible says that a dove descended from heaven, and, and when, when Jesus was baptized and said, uh, and the Spirit said, this is my Son, the Spirit of God said, this is my Son, who I am well pleased. You can see the Holy Spirit falling on the people of God at Pentecost in, the, in, Acts, in Acts chapter 2 where the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended. It fell on the people in, in the form of uh, tongues of fire. And the Bible says that the people there, the, the apostles, they spoke uh, in different languages and understood all languages and did all sorts of miraculous work through the disciples. You read about the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit empowers each of us. If you're a believer today, the Holy Spirit empowers us uh, with spiritual gifts. And, and you can read where the Holy Spirit gives people the fruit of the Spirit. If we're believers, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. You see, the Holy Spirit of God lives in the heart of every believer here today or online. If you're a believer today, the Holy Spirit lives in you and abides in your life. You see, the moment that you receive Christ as your personal Savior, that moment when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you invited Jesus Christ into your life to be your Savior, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, literally 
moved inside of you through the third person of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you realize it, but when you walk through the doors today, if you're a believer, the presence of the Holy Spirit is abiding in your heart. It's pretty awesome. The Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you and the Holy Spirit lives in me, uh, what should my response be to God? That God would care that much about us that he himself would take up residence in our hearts. What should our response be? And, and I always think my only response to God and all the miraculous, wonderful things that he does, he's done in my life is, is to worship him. Is to worship him with my whole heart. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, a time is coming and has now come, uh, the Bible says, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. You see, the Bible says in John 4, 24, that God is spirit. What's that mean? God is spirit. God is everywhere, all the time. He's ever-present. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. And the sense of that is that you and I, we do not have to wait till we come to church on Sunday morning to worship. Simply means if God's spirit is everywhere, you can worship him in your car, you can worship him at home, you can worship him at work. It simply means that God is spirit, therefore I can worship him anywhere at any time, 24-7. So let's continue to worship God today because of the presence of his Holy Spirit in our lives. Oh 
Father, thank you so much for your presence here right now. Thank you. You can be seated. Isn't that special to be able to be together like this and to have such a sense of the presence of God right here with us? There's no other place that this can happen but in church. Now it can happen in your car. It can happen. The Spirit is with us all the time. But something special happens when we come together like this. We have the power and the voice of the Lord. Well, Buddy talked to you about who the Holy Spirit is and how he has been here from the beginning of time. He hovered over when there was darkness and nothingness. The Holy Spirit was there until the day of Pentecost. And we tend to think about the Holy Spirit in those terms, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell. Uh, and he's here with us now. So the Holy Spirit has always been here. Now, the Holy Spirit, uh, Tim Keller is a, a pastor and an author in Manhattan, New York, and, and uh, I, just, I love his writing, and I, I just love what, he's, what God has done through him. And he made this statement, and he gave a great statement of, what the Holy, of who the Holy Spirit is. He said, the Holy Spirit is a personal divine resident of the Christian's heart. You see, always there, always residing in the heart. And as Buddy said, the, the Holy Spirit is not an it. A lot of times we'll say it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person that uh, is not a force. He's not an energy he is the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now it says in Ephesians that the Holy Spirit grieves. It says in Hebrews that the Holy Spirit gets outraged, especially at injustice. It says in Romans that the Holy Spirit loves. The Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Trinity. Now in John 14, if you look early in that in that chapter, Jesus has been traveling with the disciples for three years. Now, they learned to love him. They fell in love with him. Although he rebuked them, he taught them, he trained them. He sometimes uh, went up into the mountains to pray and he left them, but he would always come back. But in John 14, he's telling his disciples, I'm going to go away. And they're devastated. They love Jesus. They've walked with him. They've talked with him. And they're devastated. They say, you're leaving us. They were troubled about that. And Jesus said, I am going to leave you, but I'm going to promise you, I promise you that I'm going to send someone that's going to take even better care of you. What? Can you imagine walking and talking and living with Jesus and Jesus looks at you and says, I'm going to send someone that's going to care for you even better? Jesus said, I'm going to send someone that's going to be with you all of the time. Let's look at this verse in John 14. It says, I will ask the Father, Jesus says, and he will give you another counselor and he will never leave you. So as Buddy talked about who the Holy Spirit has been through throughout time, what we're talking about now is who is he in our life? 
Now he was to the disciples as they walked and talked, but he said, I'm going to send you someone even better. And that story continues to us here today. You know, Jesus was saying that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to comfort them. Sure, you're going to be without me. It's going to feel like a loss to you, and you're going to experience other losses in your life. But you know what? Someone is going to be here to comfort you, not to give you answers, not to take your pain away, but to be with you, to comfort you in your pain. Now, you see, we want sometimes for God to take our pain away, and we pray for that, actually. Now, I'm a person that has known a great deal of loss in my life. I've lost many, many family members. I've lost dreams. I've lost babies. I've lost many, many things in my life. And what I've found out through my life is that God does not take that pain away. But what he does is he comforts us in that pain. And I can tell you, I never really learned to mourn until this very last death that I had of my niece three years ago. And I just decided to take God at his word and sit there and never get up until I was ready to get up. And when he said, blessed are those who mourn, it's really true because I sat in my pain and I knew very well that the Holy Spirit was comforting me. Did he take my pain away? No. Did he make the situation better? No. But he comforted me in my pain. You see, he said that he will always be there with us. Jesus couldn't do that. He was physically a man. He was 100% God, but he was a person that walked the earth, so Jesus couldn't be with everybody and go throughout the, wor the world. And so he sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to never, ever leave us. His presence is always available to us. And he comforts us with a peace that no human can understand. I can tell you that I sat there and I mourned and he comforted me in my loss, but I can't even begin to get to the depth of getting you to understand what that peace meant in my life, in my pain. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He doesn't come with answers. But the Holy Spirit wants to be our constant companion. Are we living in the Spirit? Are we calling on him at any moment when we get in a tight spot? Because not only does he want to be our comforter, and he wants to be there always, our constant companion, he's our guide. Now, a lot of people will say, I just don't know which way to turn. I don't know which decision to make. And, and sometimes we put that on ourselves and we think that we're supposed to figure this out. But the Holy Spirit very clearly says, I will be with you and I will guide your path. The Holy Spirit promises to direct us. Let's look at this scripture. Jesus said this. He said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Do you really believe that? My grandpap said, he said, take the Bible, take a verse, you read that one verse and you meditate on that until you hear from the Lord. But we go down through the Bible, don't we? Or we go into prayer and we say, God, give me this answer instead of taking the time to stop and to listen to him so that he can give us direction. He can give us his wisdom. He can give us discernment in that situation. We're impatient people and we jump 
too, way too quick when the Holy Spirit wants to live in us and breathe in us and guide us and direct us and comfort us. That's the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you can go through your day knowing, not wondering, not doubting, but you can go through your day knowing that you have the Holy Spirit available to you 24-7, willing to give you guidance if you will just stop and tune in, practice his presence, learn to know his voice, and he's available. He promises that. Jesus cannot break his promises. He's there. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. Are you living in that spirit today? Look at this verse in Isaiah. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Wouldn't you love to have that voice? That's a promise for us right there. If we'll tune in and we'll practice to discern and to worship and to live in the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. God's promise says that he will always be with us. He will comfort us. He will guide us, but... The Holy Spirit also convicts. Now, this is the part that a lot of people don't like. Personally, I love it because I want the Lord to show me those things that are going to be destructive in my life. I want him to, to show me and kind of stop me and give me opportunity and give me choice. Are you going to go that way, gay, or are you going to go that way? The Holy Spirit convicts, and what that means is that he'll speak to our heart about something that may just, we know, just may not be right in our life. There may be someone here this morning that's walked in here that has experienced the presence of God, and there's something in your life that you know just is not in line or just isn't pleasing with God. You know what that is. That's the Holy Spirit convicting now, let me tell you this. He will never browbeat you. He will never beat you over the head. If you have a voice that says you shouldn't be doing that, that is not the Holy Spirit. The whole, that's the enemy. And you say, get behind me, Satan, and Satan will flee from you. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves you and will speak to you. Too many times we have some other voices in our heads that have come from somewhere else and we're allowing that to guide us. We have to learn to know the voice of the Holy Spirit and he will be gentle with you. And there will be this knowing in your heart. I know, Lord, that this isn't pleasing to you. And as we draw to him and as we surrender that to him, he forgives us. So that conviction is a gift that he wants to give to each one of us. Listen to it. The presence of the Holy Spirit convicts. And, you know, people say to Buddy and I all the time, do you have cameras in our house? <laughs> because we'll be speaking about something and, or other people will say, it, so it sounded like you were speaking directly to me. That's not Buddy and I. We are just the deliverers. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you about whatever that is. And, and the Holy Spirit, as you draw near to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit convicts you, then you can surrender that to the Holy Spirit and you can live in freedom. He convicts you. If you're being drawn to God right now, it's because God is convicting you of your need for him. 
You see, there's this theological term that's called provenient grace, and what that means is that he gives grace in our birth, when we're born, and he gently woos us to him. Now, we humans, we go our own way. We want to do our own thing, and the voice of the Holy Spirit gets less and less as we go our own way. But that, he wants to draw us. And if there's ever a time where you're drawn back, that's the Holy Spirit drawing you back. It's not this church, it's not this, it's not, it's the Holy Spirit is drawing to you and, and revealing to you your need for him. So he convicts us and it's a gift to us. So he wants to be our constant companion. He wants to comfort us. He wants to guide us. He convicts us, but the Holy Spirit is also our sanctifier. Well, what does that word mean? It's a big word. Let's look at this verse. Jesus prayed this. He said, for them I sanctify myself, that they too, he's talking about us, that they too may be sanctified, be truly sanctified. Well, what does that mean? God calls every believer to reflect his character. Let's look at this verse. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. What? That's impossible for we humans. Of course it is. You see, God is the only one that is holy. We aren't. We just aren't. And there is no way that we can work really hard and try to do good things and have a lot of willpower and try to get over these things in our life. We will fail. There is no way that we can make ourselves better. God is holy. He's the only one who can transform us into looking more like him. He's the only one that as we surrender, that can transform us into being holy like him. You see, it's his work and his power in us, but it has to be activated by our surrender. There is no way that he can do something in a heart that isn't handed over to him. You know, before crucifixion can happen, surrender has to happen. And that's what's happening in our world today. There's too few people that are willing to come forward and say, God, I surrender my life to you. You see, he sets us apart so that he can, we can be useful in his world to be a light, in this world to be a light. He offers himself. He never forces himself, he never coerces. That's why we will never force anything on you. Everything about being a believer in Jesus Christ is voluntary. We have to do that by our own choice, to surrender our will. But the moment that we surrender our lives to Jesus by faith, we're saved and we're made right with him and we're made holy in his sight. And now we have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the power of, of God living within us. We receive our salvation when we accept Jesus as our Savior, and we're sanctified holy. That's what that means. That process then continues until we see him, till we go to heaven. We grow in his grace. You see, salvation, being saved, means that we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior. Many of us have done that. But as we live that life, we'll find that unless we have a power within us, 
that is greater than our will will fail. And so we need to be sanctified. And what that means is that we surrender our whole life. I can remember when I was 26 years old and I went forward and I knelt down. I didn't care what anybody in that place thought of me. And I prayed and I said, God, every time that I have a decision to make, I'm going to go your way and not my own. It was at that moment that I made him Lord of my life. And I surrendered my life to him. And believe me, throughout all of those years, there have been times when I've wanted to run away. There have been times when I've wanted to, to act out of my urge to get back when somebody hurt me. But I constantly remembered that moment that I knelt and I surrendered and I was sanctified. And I gave God my whole life that I chose to put him first in my life. And I can tell you this, I would not trade what he's done in my life as a result of that for all of the get backs, for all of the runaways. <coughs> it's been amazing what he's done in my life. So maybe you've received your salvation. Maybe it's time for you to make him Lord of your life. And as we do that, we begin to grow in his grace. And we be become more like him because he can only transform us from the inside out. And that's the work and the amazing grace of the Holy Spirit. You see, that is the invisible, active, faith-driven work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Have you received that power? You received it when you were saved, but have you turned your life, have you given the gift of your life back over to him and allowed him to be Lord in your life. It's the only way that we will become more like Jesus. And so as we continue to worship, this month we have uh, celebrated God the Father, his majesty. We have celebrated Jesus and we've said, God, thank you so much for the greatest gift that mankind has ever had. And this week, we're so tuning in to the Holy Spirit the three in one. And I love this song because basically it says, this is my declaration, that this is what I believe. You know, I have a friend, and I'm gonna see her this week, that doesn't believe in the resurrection. So we have very different belief systems. And uh, I love her as, as a friend, and we're gonna have some time together this week. But I have to say in this declaration, I believe in the resurrection, and that's what separates us as believers in Jesus Christ from the rest of the world. If you want to know if someone's a believer, ask them, do you believe in the resurrection? Because that's where it's at. So let's stand together and let's worship, and let's make this declaration as a, as a symbol of our worship to him today. Savior, 
That's our declaration. And you know what I love about the Holy Spirit is that he breathes new life in us. I don't care what age, what stage of life you're at. There can always be a newness, a freshness in us. And I love what this song says because it's kind of my anthem. You can take these dry bones, God. Sometimes these bones just feel dry. And I want you to breathe new life into me. So this is a time we're going to be leaving soon. And this is a really special time that we've had. The altar is always open. You may need to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Or you may need to move up closer to him and give your life fully to him, 100%. Make that decision that I made. Every time you have a decision, you're going to go God's way. And then he transforms you into looking more like him. Or you may just want to make a declaration. God, I give you permission to breathe new life in me. You can take my dry bones. Breathe life into this skin. You've called me by name. Raise me to life again. You can call me oceans. Speak peace into my soul. Take me as I.
us as believers, saved and sanctified, living in the spirit of the Holy Spirit, there will be outward evidence of what God has done in your heart. There just will. There will be outward evidence. Watch this. is really important in the life of a believer. It's the outward expression of our inward faith. So if you know someone uh, that wants to be baptized or if you want to be baptized, mark that on your connection card, let someone know, or just come next week. And uh, we're, it's going to be an exciting, exciting time. So here's a song we're going to close with, and uh, we're just going to run towards heaven. Everybody willing to run towards heaven this week? Yeah, here we go. Spirit is alive into your presence. 
Spirit this week and be a light in a dark world. Love you guys. See you next time.